This is Liquid Gold. All right. The train billowing in the distance here in Wedgwood, Houston. It is an early summer. Is it early summer or late spring? I think it's a little bit of both. It's strawberry season right here on Liquid Gold. Welcome back. Great to have you along here today. We're going to be sipping some late spring, early summer libations here. My name's Mike Wolf, your host today. Kenneth called in sick. There's something kind of going around town a little bit. I've uh, We've had a few people at work calling out. It's the allergies. It's uh, the change of the seasons and the strange weather that we've had here the last couple months in Middle Tennessee. But we're going to talk about that and talk all things strawberries with our guest today, Mr. Adam Sloan of Soundtrack My Drink. Adam, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. This is a good way to, to while away an afternoon, I think. I think so. So we're right here in strawberry season. I love strawberries. It's one of the things I think that separates Middle Tennessee as like a region away from a lot of other places. I think the strawberries here are just phenomenal. I think they're some of the best in uh, in this whole like Southeast region. I've tasted a lot of them and I think the ones here are just incredible. You love doing culinary style cocktails. You're very influenced by culinary things. You do, uh, you have a lot of processes where you're, you know, spending days making things and doing uh, long-term stuff. But let's just talk a little bit about the drink that we have in front of us because we're about to cheer. So what are we drinking here today? Yeah, so this drink is called, uh, it's, well, the name is TBD, but for right now I'm calling it Death of a Strawberry. Nice. And uh, (laughs) it is a uh, goat cheese fat washed rye whiskey with uh, strawberry infused cokey Americano, which Mm. I know you personally really love. Yes. And uh, I made a shrub. Uh, a vinegar shrub with um, champagne vinegar and a little bit of white wine vinegar with the tops of the strawberries that I infused with the Cokie Americano. Excellent. So there's a food waste angle to this as well. Oh, that's great. Uh, and then just a little pinch of, of salt. Amazing. All right, let's cheers here. Cheers. This sounds incredible. It's a beautiful, like, rosé hue. Throwing back to our rosé episode. Mm-hmm. There's also uh, a fresh basil leaf that I slapped aggressively uh, for the garnish. Mm. A little basil garnish? Wow, that's great. Delicious. It's like a stirred whiskey sour almost. Exactly. I was going for maybe like bourbon smash meets old fashioned. Um, whiskey sour is a good a good comparison as well. Mm. That's delicious. Yeah, because you get the sour from the, the acid from the vinegar, which is totally different than getting it from lemon. Yeah. Or, um, And so I feel like you just taste more strawberry which yeah. is cool. Well, you don't have the lemon, like, you know, counteracting the strawberry. For sure. Yeah. And a lot of my friends in the, the home bar space where I live use apple cider vinegar in place of citrus when they want to avoid how harsh the lemon juice can be in a cocktail. Sure. So, um, I use that as sort of a jumping off point for this cocktail. Neat. So strawberry tops, let's talk about that. That's That's always been fascinating to me. So we used to we used to make a uh, strawberry cordial where it was basically like super ripe strawberries that would be slowly cooked to just extract the juice really slow. And then we'd steep the tops later and kind of use it as like these two different ingredients because the tops have herbaceous notes, parsley notes. So tell me about the the work that you did with the strawberry tops on this one. Sure. Yeah. I'm a big fan of of food waste initiatives anyway. My wife works in the food nonprofit space, and so it's very close to what we do at home. And uh, I had cut the strawberries up for the Cokie Americano infusion, and I was staring at this pile of what I think a lot of folks would think is just trash and you know you would discard it and never think about it and i just i kept wondering what i could do with it and i love like you said the parsley notes the herbaceousness of it but it still has those strawberry flavors too it brings with it like the floral um, almost caramelly nose of of strawberry pineapple scent as well Mm. plus you have this really nice vegetal quality from the tops so i was staring at it and i thought i bet that would be a really good shrub and honestly it was just more of a mad scientist moment than anything else and um so i I took those and uh, i made i started with uh like the same base as like an oleosaccharum Mm -hmm. where i just threw sugar and these strawberry tops and a pinch of salt in and shook it up for a day or two just to see if i can get some moisture out of it and Mm -hmm. if i could then I was going to continue with the shrub. I did, and uh, 
yeah, I was really happy with you know how the the slush was forming and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. poured in uh, mostly champagne vinegar. I'm a big fan of champagne vinegar with fruit and yeah, shrubs. for sure. Uh, it's a little more mellow, but also has like a lot of character to it. Yeah, I think it's really nice, and it yeah. almost brings like true to its name a little bit of effervescence, which mm-hmm. is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I cut it with some white wine vinegar just to. Uh, you know, to add a little bit of of, um, of depth and um, you know some interest to the vinegar notes mm-hmm. too, so it wasn't just all one note vinegar. So you had all tops in the shrub, all and tops. so the 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 juice that the sugar is pulling out of the fruit, because this has a kind of a red color. So there was enough fruit in those tops that little bit that you notice when you chop off the top, yeah. and you're like, oh, there's still a little bit of red there. Yeah. That's is that where the color's coming from in the shrub? Yeah. So in the shrub itself, uh, which is. Um, yeah, it's mostly it's mostly Forget color that. or all color from the strawberry tops, and then in the in the cocktail, you're getting color from the infused coke americano for sure. You're getting a little darkness from the rye whiskey that was fat washed with the goat cheese, uh, and then you're getting obviously the shrub uh, for color as well. Cheers! Let's drink the. We're gonna drink the shrub now. This is totally uh, acceptable to do in the middle of the day. Drink shrub. Yeah, it's like a drinking vinegar. Which is like liquid air conditioning. So if um, at home people could make a shrub, you could do a basic equal parts, you know, cup of strawberries, cup of vinegar, cup of sugar. That's an easy way to go. Add a little pinch of salt. Let it sit for days. Mash it up. uh, Let the sugar do its work in extracting. And you can serve it over ice. Strain it all after a week or two. Um, Adjust you know, your sweetness, if you want to add a little bit of acid, more acid at that point, that's easy to do. Um, adding more sweetness is easy to do and drinking them over ice and using them as, as like a base for, you know, even non-alcoholic cocktails is, yeah. is incredible. And it really does as the heat approaches, cause it's definitely been pretty warm. Yeah. Pretty warm here lately. Um, humid. Yeah. It's been humid been a time to kind of be outside and really feel that you're in the south and it's about to be summer uh shrubs are great because they they do that acid kind of cools you down so if you're drinking them cold with a little splash of soda that's a really easy way to not necessarily drink alcohol but to experience drinking summer itself yeah it's the same way of uh like sometimes if i don't feel like drinking alcohol i'll do like bitters and tonic or bitters and soda it's the same sort of uh sort of mentality You, you want flavor you don't want just fruit juice um, mocktail style fruit juice, like the stereotypical, yeah, yeah, you know, shitty mocktail with fruit yeah. juice. Um, but you want to feel like you're drinking something with a little bite. And I think um, this is a complete tangent, but one of the favorite things that I I like to do in mocktails is have some of the same elements of the way alcohol makes your mouth feel. Sure. In regular cocktails, so whether that's spice or some sort of bite, and I think vinegar and especially shrubs are a great way to do that. Yeah, you can sneak in, especially, you know, you talk about things that go well with strawberry, which is what kind of making culinary cocktails is all about, right? You want to pair things together that go really well, and you want to find unexpected combinations. Jalapeno is a big one with strawberry. Absolutely. That's incredible. You yeah. could use even shishitos, any, any hot pepper is amazing with strawberry. Uh, habanero would be great. And that's going to give you a little bit of bite, like similar to like the bite that you get from ginger. You can get that from peppers really easy just by steeping them even for like a day. Well, blistered shishito and strawberry shrub sounds really, really delicious. It does. That sounds great. Yeah, that might be my next. And the shishitos are coming soon. I know. And honestly, this cocktail, um, just to tie this back into your um, amazing introduction for me. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um it, it all started uh, with me thinking about a strawberry and goat cheese salad. Right. And the flavors. You had of that, that influence. Yeah. Being a very, like, to me, that is um, a really great representation of summer in a salad, especially in Middle Tennessee. You know, bright greens, um, fresh strawberries, that fatty um, goat cheese with a little bit of bite of acid in that and then mm, some sort the of best. some sort of vinaigrette mm-hmm. and just to me that tastes like summer and uh, that was my inspiration when I made this cocktail. And that is one of the greatest things you can eat right now if you're just eating stuff that's fresh that's coming out now. You got amazing lettuce still yeah. hasn't quite gotten hot enough for the lettuce to start to taste a little bit bitter. Uh, the lettuce in my garden's amazing right now. Got some peas going. And those would all work with strawberries in a strawberry salad or in a cocktail. But I think when you talk like acid in that salad, 
say you're splashing like a little bit of balsamic. Balsamic is another classic strawberry pairing. So that's something you can sneak into a shrub. I don't know that I'd use a whole cup of balsamic in a shrub. Tried it would it. take over. Yeah, I've tried it. it uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a choice. But you know what? You got your aged balsamic that you can drizzle. So like messing around with that, even even just in a salad, yeah. you know, or cooking, you got beets. Beet salads are real popular this time of year. Beets and strawberry. So it's this really interesting harmony right now where all these things that are coming out of the, our gardens and coming out of farms here locally, things that are growing, a lot of them go together at the same time, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about what soundtrack my drink is and the soundtrack element, because that is basically putting music, putting a song, pairing it with a cocktail. It's almost like pairing Keani with spaghetti. And if I do that, I'm going to be listening to the Big Night soundtrack, which I do a lot, which I love to like cook, cook a little red sauce, act like I'm Italian. I probably have a, a little bit in there somewhere. You but the hand, the hand motions as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. After like the third glass of wine, for that's, sure. I'm breaking that know. out. But so we all know music and food go together. Music and cooking go together. Food and beverage go together. And music and drinking are great together. We know that from going to concerts and and going to bars where the music at a bar is really important. It changes the mood. So how did you come up on Soundtrack My Drink and just tell me a little bit about what it is? Yeah, so it started as a passion project, or more so a vanity project, I should say. I had a full-time job in marketing and was looking for a creative outlet and the time was super into drinking cocktails uh, at restaurants and bars around Nashville and started building my home bar. And yeah, I started it with this this idea of music and cocktails together and separately can be sort of transformational um, or bridge understanding. Mm. Um, and I, I thought about it in this really like out-of-body experience kind of way. But the more I talk about it with people, um, the more it feels like I was onto something because if you've never had a specific ingredient, uh, whether that's a liquor or a liqueur, um, a modifier or whatever, but you've heard of a specific song, I can pair those two things together and say, you may never have tasted this particular product, but it tastes like this song sounds. Mm. And when you hear that song and then you see that spirit or that cocktail, you immediately make a connection Mm. based on what you already know. And then vice versa, I can introduce new music to you because I can say it goes really well with an old fashioned. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can introduce new music. I can introduce new spirits. But at the same time, uh, I think for those who already know a lot about cocktails and a lot about music, it creates this deeper level of appreciation through this multi-sensory connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's super psychological. It's very psychological. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, and I say that knowing I'm taking myself way too seriously right now, uh-huh. but I, uh, I just think it's fun. Music is fun. Cocktails are fun. Um, at the same time, there are a lot of stereotypes around different genres of music, uh, different types of cocktails. And I think it's a good way to break down a lot of those stereotypes uh, in certain ways. I can experiment with culinary-inspired cocktails. Mm-hmm. I can hear a song and say, what would that song taste like? Sure. You know, I have those fun moments every single day. And Like, what's Purple Rain the cocktail? Right. I mean, uh, I, is, it, is it creme de violet, or is it something a little bit more abstract? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That would be a good one this time of year. You got a lot of purple out there, and you got a lot of rain. That's true. Uh, so you can grab... You know, we've talked about on the show before about grabbing violets from your yard, making sure you're washing off the dog piss or cat piss or whatever might be on there. I'm pretty sure. And then, <laughs> no, I, I'm pretty sure I made um, a pea flower syrup mm. based on a conversation I had with you. I went out and harvested all of these little purple flowers from my yard and my neighbor's yards and just to get a mason jar filled with, with those flowers. Awesome. Um, awesome. During the pandemic, actually. I yeah. I did that. So. That's right. That was a good time to do it. No one was out there. <laughs> When, you, when you're thinking about like music and because um, you mentioned like how music and memory are like tied together. And for me, smell is like similar with that, like certain smells like take you right back somewhere. And Absolutely. like, you know, a place where you work or a place where you used to go, that smell, if that smell hits you in another spot, you're immediately taken back there. I mean, I've had that I've had that experience. If you want to talk about that with drinking, Corona always does that to me. Oh, interesting. Like when I crack a Corona, that smell. Is it the smell or the sound or both? It's the, I mean. It's the tennis ball. I love the sound of a bottle. It's the can of tennis balls of of beer. Right. Yes. 
So for me, it takes me back to like trips I've had to Mexico or, you know, like times where, you know, I would only be drinking Corona. Maybe it's like springtime in Boulder. That was like everybody would drink Corona because it's like, oh, it's springtime. Like, let's drink the outdoor grilling beer. Um, But in this and it's very similar with music. Certain we all we all that's one thing that we can all share, like as human beings in this time where it's a really interesting time to be a human being Mm -hmm. sharing experiences, you know, maybe analog experiences, maybe even put it on a record in an in a location, not necessarily just like me like texting you a favorite song you know but say um it's really interesting time to be human and to have these memories so music does that sense do that so that's why i think it's really interesting that you're putting these two things together like a drink with all its smells and all that goes into i mean there's a lot that went into this drink something you know you got moscato grapes that came from italy Mm -hmm. you got strawberries that were local you got whiskey that came from like how many years ago how many like seasons have we had that whiskey was probably started before the pandemic that's from a world that is long you know a long time ago it was yesterday and 10 years ago right so you're bridging all these things together music similar like some of our favorite songs were done 50 years ago 10 years ago do you get that like granular and 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 because that seems like where your brain is a lot if you when you're talking about the psychology of things like do you get into like your memories and things? Do you feel like you're you're mining some of that? It depends. Yeah, it, it's definitely. Because you do post like like where stuff where you're like, this was my favorite like when I was growing up, or yeah. this yeah. was my favorite like. So you do kind of kind of get into that, which I think is really interesting. I think it like similar to how seasonal this cocktail may be. I think my drinks and my recipes and my thought process tends to go season to season too. Um, if I'm in my feelings, yeah. For example, I may wax poetic about how. You know, I, I danced with my mother as a kid in our kitchen to uh, the Eagles' greatest hits. Mm. And that might manifest itself through a cocktail inspired by Desperado or Hotel California or whatever. Take mm-hmm. it easy. Mm-hmm. Um, or I may hear a new uh, song by Joy Oladokun on the radio, uh, which is uh, what inspired the death of the strawberry uh, cocktail. Nice. So that's the song that's going with that one for now? For now, yeah. yeah. I, technically, it's named after a different song um, by a punk rock band or a pop punk band, depending on which side of the aisle you sit on. Mm-hmm. But uh, the song that I decided to soundtrack um, in the, the most recent post I made was uh, a Joy Alatacoon song. Nice. I don't know. I, I think that's also the beauty of what I do um, and music in general is that the drink can change, the song can say the same, or vice versa. And depending on mood, depending on time and place... A song can be the perfect pairing uh, today, and then a different song can make more sense tomorrow. Totally, I think it's very versatile in that way. And now that you have you have kind of like a whole company based around this whole thing, Soundtrack My Drink. So you can go to soundtrackmydrink.com yeah. for info on that. But what what kinds of stuff are you doing with that? You're you're developing recipes. You're helping other brands. Yeah, um, I'm stumbling forward. Uh-huh. I think that's the best way to put it. Aren't we all? I, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm a, a home bartender turned. Uh, playing dress up as, as, you know, something more important, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm doing some recipe development. I've worked with a few brands that I'm still under NDA with, Mm. uh, that I can't, uh, I can't really talk about on, on air, but we're going to press you off air. (laughs) Hot take. Mm -hmm. Uh, no, I'm, I'm doing a lot of, uh, recipe development for brands. Uh, I've done some, some, uh, some work recently with Tito's vodka Mm -hmm. uh, to come up with a few different recipes for them. I've worked with Cathead vodka. Uh, to do some recipes for their new um, a, a new product they had uh, mm-hmm. come out last year or earlier this year, but I'm also doing content. I'm creating a lot of content for brands and home uh, content for Victrola, the record player company, um, and uh, I'm also doing some you know private bartending, getting nice. behind the sticks. I have a pop up at uh, a bar here in East Nashville. Oh, cool! Tell us uh, about that. It'll be when's that going down? June 25th uh, at a bar called Bay Six. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do a punk rock tales themed pop up. It hasn't even been announced yet. So this, this might be, this is breaking news, breaking news. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, And I think I'll, I'll have seven, maybe eight cocktails on a menu for that night. And they're all inspired by punk rock and my memories of uh, punk rock concerts, fans, warp tour, um, you know, those, those kind of pivotal nice teen and early twenties memories of me just being a complete, dipshit and uh-huh. punk rock kid 
Nice. So that's Punk Rock Tales. Punk Rock That's going to be going on at Bay 6 on Sunday, June 25th. What time? Um, I think it'll be 6 to midnight. We'll say 6 to midnight for now. We'll update you. Yeah. Uh, we might have to have you back like right before that then. That'd sure. be cool. Yeah, I'd love to. We'll talk a little bit about that. That's amazing. Okay, cool. Um, I'm excited about the cocktails that I have on the menu, that I have planned right now. They may change the next time we talk, but as of right now, there's some like fun little you know, funny inside jokes and pokes and prods to cool. the punk rock space. Since you started like in the home bar realm and you kind of have built up your home bar as you went and now it's like pretty extensive and you had a whole like business you're running out of it basically. It's pretty absurd. But let's talk about building a home bar for, for the summer. So we're about to be in summer where people, you probably need a good, I'll start. So I'm going to say you need like El Dorado three. You need like a white rum. You need to be able to crank out a mojito or a daiquiri at any moment's notice. All right. So you're going to need a good white rum and then I'd recommend a good Blanco tequila. So that's, you know, that's where I would start. Make sure you've got that around as we're getting into the warmer months. Cause you're going to want mojitos. You're going to want daiquiris. You're going to want mar- margaritas. Absolutely. You're going to want Palomas. What else, what else could people, what else do you think people need to kind of start from when you're building a home bar essentials or what do I want people to want? What do you, let's start with essentials. What's, what do you think is essential? I agree with you. I think a white rum and a Blanco tequila, Espelon, um, has always been one of my go-tos at mm-hmm. home, mm-hmm. Espelon Blanco. That way you can shake up some citrus. I think that's that's going to be the most uh, crowd-pleasing across the board. People are going to want margaritas and daiquiris and, For and sure. mojitos. Yep. Um, I think uh, if you wanted to stick with, like, if, you're, if you're a huge brown juice guy, mm. um, a fan of the bourbons, yep. um, the whiskeys, then I would... Um, Maybe keep something a little lower proof and do like a bourbon smash uh, mm-hmm. or a whiskey sour. Um, mm-hmm. I think that could be another way to go if you're only a brown juice drinker. We've met plenty of those people in our lives. Sure. Who only drink bourbon. Yep. You know, I think vodka vodka is always at my home bar for one reason or the other. Those are easy to grab. Gin, I think gin's a big one. I really like, there's a new gin from South Africa called Bayab mm. gin that I'm a big fan of that I just found. Um, but I also think Ford's makes a really great product. So I think gin, gin and tonic uh, yep. is an easy one. To so you want to have up. some tonic lying around, so you sure. could have like a syrup. If you're gonna have sodas around, you could always you could have like a tonic syrup in the fridge. Uh, shout out to Craig Schoen. You can get, definitely get Craig's, which is amazing. Uh, Peninsula tonic available at many fine local retailers and at the restaurant yep. Peninsula. Probably um, the best restaurant if, in town. If you catch him on a good night, uh, he'll, uh, he'll he'll put a certain song on and pour it directly in your mouth at the bar. Oh, nice! That's great. That's a shout out, Craig. That's a, a fun fact that I made up. Yeah, and then beyond those um, staple base spirits, I think uh, it's it's uh, it's a good idea to have um, some modifiers that are both seasonal. Uh, I prefer amaros. I think amaros go really well with citrus and with rum. Mm. Um, I always put a splash of chinar, for example, in my daiquiris at home. Sure. I think it adds ba- uh, weight without adding a lot of heaviness, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Sure. And it's um, a nice, like kind of fruity note too. Yeah. Like you could definitely say it's uh it's a summery beverage. I think so. A summer additive. Yeah. You know, you could, you could add that with strawberry for sure. It'd be um, amazing. Amaro Montenegro is another one mm. that I think goes really well with the honey, the honey backbone and Amaro Montenegro. Sure. And I think there are some more off, uh, kind of off left of center examples of, of spirits and modifiers. You can get Chiro's a really great aloe liqueur mm-hmm. that I think goes really nicely as a way to step up your margaritas at home. Sure. You get like nice mint notes from that one. Chiro, aloe liqueur. Yeah. Kind of cucumber, melon, uh, mint. Yeah. Yeah. And some of those liqueurs like that, that you mentioned, those can be fun for, you know, like a lot of home bartenders that I talk to are like, yeah, I'm kind of stuck in a rut doing the same thing over and over. And I'm like, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Cause that's how you get to be a master at something is making it the same over and over and over. That's how you can master martini, Manhattan, all those drinks that people love. Yeah, you got to make them a lot. 10,000 hours, man. That's right. But if you're going to venture out and like check out a cool liqueur like Chiro or you're going to buy like, you know, Creme Yvette, you know, which is like Creme de Violette, but has more like berry notes and has a lot of like summer berry flavor to it. It would be a lot of fun with gin. Then you can start to get out of your rut and you can start to experiment because a lot of times that's all it takes to experiment is just one kind of interesting ingredient. Yeah. Whether you're making it yourself or buying a cool liqueur and adding strawberries with it per se. Yeah. That's how I feel about uh, apricot liqueur, mm. banana, uh, oh, yeah. banana liqueur. Yeah. 
um, creme de peche. Those are all flavors that I use sparingly, but I also love to, you know, put a bar spoon uh, into a Negroni from time to time or an old fashioned or um, a gin and tonic, depending on what I'm making, what season. Sure. Yeah. If you have like a summery gin and tonic and you have like fresh pineapple around, but maybe you've got some pineapple liqueur in there to like balance it out or to even infuse something with, there's a million different ways you can go. But I think bringing up an interesting point with the liqueurs and stuff like the Gaffard stuff that, that we're talking about or different brands, um, they come in small packages a lot of times too. Mm-hmm. So that helps when you've got like, you can buy like a three, seven, five of maybe yellow chartreuse or these little sample bottles of liqueurs. Then you've, then you can really experiment. Like I had a set of the Gaffard ones and they just kind of sat around, but every once in a while you're like, Oh yeah, I forgot I had the banana. And, oh, I'm making daiquiris. So, yeah, I'm definitely yeah. going to grab that Why and not? add like a little teaspoon. So, yeah, what now what um, on the flip side of that, what do you really want to see in people's home bar? If you're coming over and you're like, oh. And I'm judging. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It happens. I stare at people's home bars a lot. Mm-hmm. Or even at back bars at restaurants, I stare a lot. Oh, it's fascinating. Yeah. I, um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan right now because there's such a shortage of chartreuse. Yeah. Um, of finding um, competent substitutes for those flavors. Um, so I, I've gravitated towards a brand called Faccia Bruto out of Brooklyn, which I really love. They have a, a Chinar product that's really nice, but they also have a substitute for green chartreuse. Mm. That's the Sinterbe, or mm. Sinterb, which I think means 100 herbs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has like a black pepper note. So it's like green chartreuse plus black pepper. Um, Benedictine is a nice sub for uh, yellow chartreuse. Uh, I really like uh, Heirloom makes a great product. That's a good substitute. That's their Genepi. That's a good substitute for yellow chartreuse. So I like seeing substitutes. I've got Benedictine in my home bar arsenal right now in the freezer. (laughs) Big fan. There's a a cocktail called Godfather that Uh uses Benedictine. That's like a 1950s um, stirred cocktail that I really, really like. Sounds amazing. Yeah. but yeah, there's there's so many great products that are being made, not to compete with, but to sit next to. Mm. I feel like because there's enough space for for all of us. Yeah. Um, and honestly, the way that I came up in home bartending was similar to a home cook. How you just read recipes and recreate, or you go out to restaurants and try to recreate a dish. I would go out to bars and restaurants and recreate cocktails. Yeah. Um, I went. That's how I. The first cocktail I fell in love with was at a restaurant here called Silo. Mm-hmm. Uh, back when Anthony was the head of, uh, he, he was he was behind the bar, mm-hmm. um, and the cocktail was called a Cannonball, and it had Averna, Maletti, uh, and rye whiskey, and I never had those two Amaros. I didn't know what Amaro was. This is ten, twelve years ago. Yeah, and um, fell in love with it. Went out and bought those bottles the next day, and I've always had them since. And so I think that's, that's cool. it's just it takes that one kind of drink to get its hooks in you. Um, for the right person to just their brain explodes yep. and you just go crazy. And that, that's how I, that's how I was. I learned from reading recipes and recreating and I would find a recipe I like, go out and buy those bottles, stock them at my home bar, make them over and over and over and over. Yep. Then I would say, how can I change this? How can I twist it to where mm-hmm. it's maybe not even the same thing anymore, but it's a cousin of it or whatever. And yeah. So that's my brain just started going riffs on riffs on riffs on riffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and before I knew it, my home bar blew up in, in volume. Yeah. And, um, you know, along the way, I learned some of the kind of unspoken or maybe spoken rules of bartending, like how, how much volume a drink should have and sure. the proper way to stir and how to throw a cocktail, mm-hmm. you know, at a mm-hmm. certain point versus shake and stir. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, those kind of things were fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, but when I started, I know I'm veering off the topic, but no. when I started, I remember thinking there weren't a lot of bars in town that... I felt comfortable having conversations with the bartender about drinks Mm -hmm. because I didn't know what I was talking about. And for me to go to a bartender at a really high-end bar here in Nashville or anywhere for that matter and say, oh, yeah, I make this stuff at home, you know, 10 years ago, the bartender would have looked at me like, oh, that's cute. Uh And I get it. I I totally get it. Like they spend time, you being from that, I cut from that cloth. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you put a lot of time and effort and sweat equity into what you do and for what sure. you did. Mm-hmm. And for some guy to come in off the street and say how they have a, a big home bar, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it feels, you know, it can feel a little insulting, I'm sure. So I, uh, I spent a lot of time feeling like I didn't belong in that space and mm. that I wasn't good enough to have those conversations. And I think that was good. It helped kind of keep me in check yeah, a little bit. And now I feel like 
I kind of woke up one day and I was like, I'm saying the same things uh-huh. without even realizing I'm having the same conversations. Like I'm able to keep up in conversation and I'm able to impart something to the conversation that adds value and not just listening and not just yeah pretending like I fit in. I, I don't know. Yeah. And I think it was a different era too, um, where now I think people look at stuff like that more as like a community and more as, oh, these are my people. Sure. You know, that's how it is doing this podcast. We have people on and then you realize we like a lot of the same things, yeah. you know, and it's, and it's easy to talk about these things that we like and that we're passionate about and that it's, it's always better to talk to people. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I brought it back to the AI thing earlier because I think it's just such an interesting time to be humans conversing in a place like a bar where a human's making the drink because you don't know how, you know, how different things are going to get. The future's coming fast. And this kind of analog world that exists out there is a really interesting place to be right now, yeah. I think, and to appreciate. Well, and I, I still think a drink tastes better when it's made for you. Definitely. Um, and, uh, and and it goes back to that, that sort of intersection of music and cocktails. I think there's so there's been so much evolution in music in the last few years, too, both in like genres bending. Um, and the types of artists that are being elevated because mm. of social media, because of TikTok, because of you know all of these different kind of influences on the music space, and I think the same is true about cocktails and um, the beverage, like the beverage industry, the spirits industry. Mm. There are new flavors coming out. Chirot didn't exist ten years ago. Nick's yeah, there. and we wouldn't have been talking about our friend who makes tonic. Yeah, you know, it was like back, you know, fifteen years ago. That you had a couple tonics, yeah, and you everybody knew what tonic was supposed to taste like, and you either liked it or you didn't. And now it's like, well, what tonic do you like? Exactly. And there's eight flavors of this one particular brand, and then there's four of another. And yeah, you can go to a you can go to a well stocked bottle shop and look at like sixteen different tonics. Yeah. Not to mention go into a local restaurant and get your friends who's making his who's like which is like nothing you've ever tasted. Yeah. So it's a wild world we're in. It really is. <laughs> but I think that's that, um, you know, it's constantly changing, but it's constantly becoming more and more interesting at the same time. And it just requires attentiveness. Is it peak cocktail? That's what I wonder. Are we at the peak of it right now? Oh, I thought Let's you were saying you, peacocks. Like you were, like, <laughs> for, like you were showboating. Uh, is it peak is this cocktail? Peak of cocktails? <laughs> um, I think it'll have its, I think it's everything has its season. Yeah. I, I don't think cocktails, uh, like, similarly to vinyl records, I think, you know, they're definitely more in vogue than they have been mm-hmm. in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think home bartending is probably starting to peak mm-hmm. um, in popularity mm-hmm. because of the pandemic. And I think now that we're coming yeah. out of it, people are leaving their houses more and more and it's becoming uh, less of a, of a thing. Um, but I don't think cocktails are ever going to peak. I think it'll just it'll just shift how they're made or what they're made with or how much. Yeah, I mean, it's so much easier to make a cocktail than it is to make bread. Which is a, which is a process, yeah. that, you know, and when you're like, yeah, if I spend four days off and on on this like loaf of bread, it's going to be amazing. We don't have that kind of time anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say devil's advocate. It took me three days to make the shrub that's in the cocktail we're drinking. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, I love stuff like that for yeah. sure. For sure. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Like taking that time. I think time is, time is an ingredient. Yeah. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I'm going to copyright that. <laughs> Time's an ingredient. That's your new t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what song do you hear when you drink this cocktail? I'm curious. Also, I'm very, uh, aware. Of, I'm going to have to go. Oh, go uh, ahead. I'm, yeah. very, I'm very aware of how my drinking noises are now that I have this microphone and these headphones. Oh yeah. It's great to get the, the little tink, tink, tink yeah, of the, the ice, ice in there. And then they're like the, the gulp noise. And it's warm enough that the, the ice has melted quite a lot like oh, yeah. you don't hear a lot of ice in there we had a lot more ice in there before yeah. so that's why i'm thinking like deanna carter okay. strawberry wine Interesting. 17 this is from my hot july moon. i guess it'd be more like july but then july in tennessee the strawberries are gone yeah um but i do i have a soft spot for that song i've always loved that song yeah um that reminds me of summer but I wonder, this might be a little hidden part of the song that I just realized. So if it's a hot July moon, maybe it's late July, and they're drinking like the freshly pressed, newly 
fermented strawberry wine oh. of that season. Okay. Hot take. So they just, so it was like a two month process to like make the strawberry wine. Our so next like, guest is going to be Deanna, uh, Deanna Carter. Oh, I'd love that. Who's going to talk about the real reason. She's invited. Yeah. So what do you hear? Uh, well, I, I soundtracked it with the song from Joy Oladokun right. called We're All Gonna Die. Mm-hmm. Um, because the so- the drink is called Death of a Strawberry because I used the strawberry um, so many different ways in the in the cocktail. Do you start uh, thinking darker thoughts when summer comes along? Is it like the shadows get longer? Yeah, and then because the, like I I can identify with that. Like there are some like dark things about summer. Well, and personally, as a sweaty dude, gardener, <laughs> yes, uh, I also sweat thinking about being hot, and so summer is <sighs> not my favorite season, but. Uh-huh. Um, but it, they are some of my favorite flavors. Yeah. So definitely, I think maybe there's a tug of war in my head, in my heart between summer loving and hating and the ingredients versus being super sweaty. Yeah. So what's your favorite season to drink in? Ooh. I don't or, know. or make cocktails. And are they the same? Like summer? I, I, I do love a good tiki cocktail. Um, you know, I, I think that that's my favorite thing about summer uh, is, is, you know, drinking those flavors. Yep. Um, cause I think you can play with bitter and sweet in a really interesting way in the summer. Um, similar like an IPA, you know, to me, I find super, uh, thirst quenching. Yeah. I think, uh, a jungle bird or, you know, some sort of bitter riff on a tiki drink is going to be my go-to for the summer. I like stirred gin, uh, like dark, um, like vermouth stirred gin drinks in mm-hmm. the fall winter. Yeah. I think that might be my favorite. Um, like a boozier um, Martinez mm. or, um, you know, some kind of original or pseudo original cocktail and make it home. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, gin, gin and vermouth, I, I think might be my favorite, like stirred um, in the wintertime. What about you? Yeah. Um, my favorite cocktails to drink, I would say, are typically warm weather drinks. Um, like patio pounders? Yeah, Palomas, different like Palomas, grabbing stuff from the garden and making Palomas with whatever's there. Watermelon season, I love doing Palomas with like the watermelon juice. You know, the tiki drinks. Um, but I also love breaking those out in the winter to like, you know, beat the seasonal affective disorder, you know, and like having a little bit of like tropical night. Is just that like, to like, is that like breakfast for dinner, but with cocktails? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Perfect. Um, Montenegro Mai Tai. That'd be a good one. Ooh, I like That'd that. That'd be a good idea. one for your summer. Yeah, I think you were the one who told me about the flavor pairing. Was it Maletti and Agave that you said to go really well together? Um, there was a drink I was making a couple of years ago. You and I were texting about it. it could have been, yeah. And you said that, no, it was Amara Montenegro and Tequila. Oh, you yeah. You said went really well together. They're a good pair. And I, I do love an, a good M&M shot. Mm. Mezcal Amara Montenegro. For sure. That's been like a thing lately. Yeah. Yeah. Have you uh, have you ever made an uh, orgeat with avocado pit? No. Very nice. You making that? Uh, I did. Yeah, there's a there's a famous uh, account called Trash Tiki. Oh yeah, yeah. That does a lot. Demi of... talked all about that when she came on the show. Oh yeah, and she's she's used avocado pits for sure. It's so it's so good. And that the account, I don't think they do a whole lot on the account anymore. I think they still do stuff, but just not through the the megaphone of that account anymore. But it was a lot of food conservation. So if you're using avocado pits, are you just smacking it with a hammer and pulverizing it? Yeah, uh, food Basically. processor. Yeah, yeah, if you food process um, three to four like dried avocado pits, um, and then they almost they shred up like a, like a almond slivers almost, mm. and then you toast them lightly in a in a pan. They turn bright orange, like the same way your avocado would if you let it sit out too long. It turns yeah. that kind of orangey color. Yep. The pits turn that color, mm. and then you just make a regular orgeat like you would with almonds or that's awesome pistachios, but you use the shredded avocado pits that you've toasted. So For it sure. has this like nice nutty toasted smell but mm. then it, it's bright orange in color so it looks really beautiful in the bottle that's cool you um, could do like thai tea yeah well, do that color <laughs> so one of the drinks that's going to be on the menu at the pop-up i'm doing at bay six on june 25th from six to midnight yeah breaking um, news <laughs> is uh is a mai tai riff it's sort of like mai tai meets jungle bird but i use an avocado pit or jat in that cocktail um traditionally I'm still deciding if I want to use it for the actual oh, cool. volume of cocktails I'm hopefully going to be slinging that night. Uh-huh. Um, but it's called My Hands Are Tied. Uh-huh. Um, but it's My uh-huh. Hands Are Tied. Nice. So, um, and it's uh, maybe one of my favorites. That's your avocado Mai Tai? Yeah. But it's got 
Campari, or not Campari. It's got um, Jameson and uh, uh, Camp- yeah, and Campari and uh, Jaeger. Oh wow! So sounds funky. It's funky on the strawberry tint. Let's get back to that a little bit. Sure. So I'll throw out a couple things that always strike me as amazing with strawberries, and then you do the same. So the ones I go to a lot, and this is uh, for for people at home. An easy way to incorporate strawberries into your cocktail is just to let them ripen to where they're perfect and then dice them up, toss them in the shaker, or you can even muddle and stir. You can do a smash. So just incorporating them fresh is the easiest way to do it. Probably. I love yellow chartreuse with strawberry and we mentioned how that can be tough to get. So there's like other different substitutes, but, um, one that you could use that would be lighter that we talked about last show. So it's a continuation from that. But uh, Sailors and Sue's mm-hmm. would be great. They're amazing with strawberries. Strawberries and dandelion have a whole affinity, especially like the flower. And that dandelion flower would give you that honey note that yellow chartreuse does. So that that's where I would like nudge you. I would say like, do you have some dandelions around? Can you mash those up with your strawberries? Interesting. Can you sneak in some Sue's or Sailors in there or yellow chartreuse if you have it? Or sailors and yellow chartreuse and then maybe gin and then maybe lemon and then you're like going to this whole wild universe or you could also do like tequila you could do like almost like a margarita with strawberry and sailors would be like incredible and very like spring vibrancy yeah where we're not quite into summer yet i actually really love blanco tequila and Sue's. i think that would be a that would be where i would go that'd be great you could almost do um with like a shrub as your campari or as your vermouth, you know, you could make like your own little strawberry herbaceous vermouth shrub mm-hmm. and you could do not quite white Negroni, red Negroni, <laughs> more red Negroni of uh, Blanco, Sue's and strawberry. I really like that. That would be amazing. I also use shrubs and margaritas a lot mm. in place of some of the citrus. Sure. So I think if there's a traditional cocktail with a lot of citrus that you want to sub, mm-hmm. um, but for strawberries, yeah, I love the idea of uh, tequila, Sue's. I will agree. I think citrus and shrubs together is a great way to get a lot of complexity where you only need like a quarter ounce of juice. Yeah. You're just like you're layering acid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, What else do you love with strawberry? Like when you're thinking like if I brought you strawberries from Delvin Farms, shout out to them. Shout out. Um, There's a lot of great farms to get strawberries from Bloomsbury. You can go to the farmer's market. This is your time to go get the strawberries. They're coming out. They're ready. But if I brought you like a pint of strawberries and you got your home bar set up and I'm like, well, they're ripe. They're perfect. What are you going to do with them? You're like, well, I got this strawberry shrub, but it's like, okay, well, what do you, so, so I'm putting you on the spot. What, what do you, what would you uh, think would be great? Like with strawberry, just like right off the top of your head. So I really like absinthe and strawberries. Ah, um, that's and great. I, and, and I know you like absinthe as well. So yeah. I would, I would probably do a quarter ounce Mm. of strawberry i even think it would be nice to do a death in the afternoon with strawberries oh there you go champagne absinthe and uh, strawberries that's amazing yeah i think that, that would, would be great. really fun that would um, be great mm. and uh and to your point i like the idea of royal shaking some strawberries into a, a into a cocktail so you're not having to add it as an actual ingredient but mm-hmm. then it kind of becomes an ingredient for sure because it's being you know pulverized in the cocktail shaker mm-hmm. um yeah, I really love, I think overproof rum would be a good one as well because of the sugar content. Um, that funky flavor, I think, could really blend well, like baking spice and mm. almost like like cake batter flavor mm. with strawberries. See, now some of that takes me to Maletti. Yeah, You know, sure. like where I, when I think of Maletti, I always think of like, it's sort of like reaching into the spice cabinet. Yep. Because anything that's got like, say, banana where you're like, oh yeah, bananas are great. And the riper they get, the more that you're kind of like, oh, is there baking spice in there? It's like, no, it's just ready to bake. Yeah. So you need the spice. I think that's where I'd reach for Maletti. That's a good call. I also, yeah, I think, uh, I think Benedictine would be a good one Mm. with, with strawberries. I like any sort of herbaceous, like any Amaro, any like super like vermouth. Like I, obviously I infused Coke Americano with, with strawberries for this cocktail we're drinking. And, I think it goes really well, like a white Negroni with cokey mm-hmm. and uh, strawberry infused cokey. That would be great if you did the strawberry infused cokey, Sue's or Sailors, and Blanco tequila. I would probably ooh, that would be with incredible. Tequila, I would do Sue's, but with gin, I would do Sailors. Nice. 
Yeah. And some of that's color, but some of it's also the the level of gentian that's in there. Yeah. Yeah. I, really I like the more natural kind of uh, vibe of sailors myself, but yeah. the color of Sue's is pretty intense and yeah. pretty cool. It's almost like using uh, a different kind of Midori. It's like a, <laughs> a different color palette. Oh, yeah. Um, so with your affinity for thinking with your brain about the way that music psychology cocktails smells the way all those things go together do you also think about like it sounds like you think about color too so you're like are you looking at different things in your home bar as part of like the palette you know the visual palette that you're looking to as an ingredient create Mm -hmm. sure Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean you want to drink to look good i think you you know as someone who's been behind the sticks Mm -hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. you think about when you slide the drink over to a, a guest you want them to drink it with their eyes first and if it looks like a shitty cocktail they're gonna have that conception that that preconception going into drinking it and you're gonna yeah it's interesting to bring up because i do think it's super important because i've just seen the level of joy that you can give to people when the drinks look amazing and you have all these amazing things to put in them flowers fresh herbs whatever when yeah when a cocktail looks incredible you can see it on people's face and they're like instantly so that's one of the things I love about making cocktails for people is like the kind of that smile, that, that feeling of joy that you can give to people and that they kind of give back to you. But been like, Oh my God. Yeah. But at the same time, I also really love making someone a cocktail that they look at and they're like, I'm not going to like this. And they sip it and they're like, Holy crap. Mm-hmm. This is incredible. What's in it. Yeah. Like and if so you I make think, something that looks like a booze bomb or yeah. something and they're like, I don't know. Or like a milk punch is very good. A, oh, yeah? b- sure. Very good example. I, I just made a, a clarified milk punch the other day and someone took a sip and was like, oh my gosh, like this, lo- this looks like it would taste completely different. Mm-hmm. And then it starts a whole conversation. And so ultimately when I make drinks for guests in my home, I just want to have a conversation, whether it's about the drinks or not, a conversation is going to happen. And yep. nine times out of 10, I want to be able to make them something that they ask questions about because I love talking about cocktails. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. For some people, I make them something that I, it's going to push them kind of out of their comfort zone. And for Mm -hmm. others, I make them something that looks really beautiful. Um, You know, it depends on the person. Mm -hmm. Now, do you ever, so you've got this whole kind of uh, soundtrack, my drink operation going on with the home bar. You're making different drinks. You're developing recipes. Like we said, you are taking the time with some things. Shrubs, good shrubs take time. Yeah. Um, good infusions take time. It's always good to throw a little bit of love into your cooking, which is like sometimes you're making birria and it needs to cook for a day yeah. or two. But do you ever step outside that when when the baby's in bed? Or when the... Ch- it's not really a baby anymore. Is it? It's a, more of an infant. He'll be two in July, yeah. <laughs> nice. So you... Are you going to have the terrible twos or the three-nager? Do you know yet? Oh, I, I don't know. I think it all kind of blends together. a whole other conversation. Yeah. But yeah, so when the kid's to bed and you're like, all right, I'm not really working anymore, but I do have this great home bar and I really could use a cocktail. What are you reaching towards? Are you like, oh, now it's, now it's my daiquiri time? Or like, is there something simple that you reach for? Or are you always experimenting? Are you like, like well, for me, it's martini. Like I can always just be like, I just need, to, just need a martini, nice and cold. I need to step away. Yeah, I mean, there are certainly times when I'm burned out on effort. Mm-hmm. Um, just from, so, what are you making today? Yeah, what's the what's the some of your go tos there when you're just like, I just need to make it just a quick one. Sometimes I'll <laughs> just batch a bottled cocktail in the freezer. Um, when I'm that's always I'm, a good option. If I'm batching, I love your batch old fashioned recipe mm. you gave me. Um, that was really fun. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll do I'll do that sometimes, but more um, the last time I really batched a good cocktail was back in. January, February. And mm-hmm. I, and again, I crave dark gin stirred. And so there's a tuxedo recipe from Maison Premier in Brooklyn mm-hmm. that they gave me that I, I, I batched their tuxedo. Oh, cool. With um, extra absinthe. So. Oh, neat. Um, you want to share the recipe? Yeah. So they call it their tuxedo <laughs> number two. Twist your arm. <laughs> yeah. I just twisted his arm. <laughs> uh, so they call it the tuxedo number two, so it's not okay. the traditional tuxedo. We, we love a number two. We could do a whole show on number twos. I already did the Corpse Survivor episode. That'd be a shitty show. For, <laughs> for spring. Good yeah. one. Good that, one. That was good a good stuff. That was a good episode. Um, 
Yeah, I love the the idea of like a number one, number two, number three. What was the creme de menthe one that was from? uh, It was like number four or something. It was like Fernet and creme de menthe. Yeah. yeah, That was crazy. So this is tuxedo number two. Okay, I love that. So they call it their tuxedo number two. Mm -hmm. But they, um, like the the last time I went to Maison Premier, they sent me home with a little to-go bag with like the the bottled cocktail version and the recipe, which was super nice of them. They didn't have to do that. Um, Shout out to Maison Premier. Amazing. um, yeah, so their recipe is three dashes Ango bitters, mm-hmm. or Ango, uh, Angostura orange bitters. Okay, Ango orange. So three dashes Angostura orange bitters, mm-hmm. uh, a quarter ounce Lamuse Verit absinthe, okay. uh, half ounce Verg- um, Vergnano Maraschino liqueur, mm. uh, three quarter ounce um, of an extra dry vermouth. Uh, they use La Quintina. Oh, God, that one's so good. Yeah, uh, and then one and three quarter ounce Ford's. Uh, cool. And I will say for people at home, you can sub dull and dry. They're very similar, but yeah. that one is like a higher end version of that same like French herbaceous cooking herbs yeah. vermouth. Yeah. I really like that um, vermouth, but I, yeah, I've used dull and dry before. I've used Bordiga extra dry as well, and they all work well. Mm. But yeah, three dashes uh, orange bitters, quarter ounce absinthe. I like La Muse Vert. Mm-hmm. You could probably use uh, a lot of different ones. St. George sure. also makes a really great Vert absinthe. Um, uh, half ounce of maraschino. I use Luxardo maraschino because I can't get Vergnano uh, very easily in Nashville. So that's the Vergano makes of maraschino liqueur? Yeah. The guy who's the same guy, Mauro Vergano, one of my heroes who makes vermouth? That's my understanding. So V-E-R-G-A-N-O? Uh, yes. Oh my God. I didn't even know you made one. And Amazing. Then, yeah. So then, so this it's a flex. three dashes orange bitters, quarter ounce absinthe, half ounce maraschino, three quarter extra dry vermouth, and then one and three quarters uh, forged gin. Wow. Super delicious. Awesome. I've found that it tastes better the next day having been frozen or put in the freezer. Sure. Because um, you don't have to add. Get any, it super cold. Yeah, it's super cold. Yeah. Amazing. Do you do any garnish with it? Um, sometimes if I'm in the mood for it, I'll do a cherry. But yeah. most of the time, I'm not a fan of a lot of heavy garnish on cocktails anyway. Yeah. Um, just because garnishes are better fresh and I have a home bar. Yeah, for so. sure. Awesome. I love that. Well, yeah. I love the tuxedo. That's a good one to end with. Um, thank you so much for coming today. We got more to cover. We're going to have you back this summer. We're going to talk more culinary cocktails. We didn't get to salt today, so we're going to talk about salt because it's so crucial. Yeah. And I think it's one of the best things that we can pass on to the home bartender and anyone looking to up their drinks game, start experimenting with a tiny bit of salt to be continued. Got to give a shout out to our producer, Michael Eads and everybody at We Own This Town, weownthistown.net. Shout out to Upright T-Rex Music for the Tunes. Kenneth, we missed you, but he'll be back with more booze news to come. Check us out at the at the website, liquidgold.show. You can go through the archives. And as always, subscribe and give us a rating. And then got to give a shout out to Adam Sloan here, Soundtrack My Drink. He's on Instagram at Soundtrack My Drink. And he's at SoundtrackMyDrink.com. And he will do just that. He will soundtrack. He will score your music or he will score your cocktail. He will develop your cocktail. So check him out. Thanks a lot for coming. Oh, one quick note. There's also a Spotify link on my website and also in the bio of my Instagram that goes to my Spotify account where I have a progressive playlist of every drink I've made this year. Awesome. So you can go back and check out all the music and listen to it uh, on Spotify from his Instagram. So all the different platforms please do and you can listen to us on there as well so check us out on spotify too we will see you next time right here on liquid gold cheers cheers buddy